Hi, Poppy fans, and welcome to the PO Forecast episode 16. Well, it's two out of two in the cup after a nice break from the league. We've both done it in both cups. FA Cup, tick. Checker trade trophy. Tick. <laughs> well, let's roll on. So in part one, we are going to be reviewing both of those games. We'll be reviewing the uh, lovely, lovely win against Rochdale, as well as the, well, fortunate or unfortunate win against Arsenal, depending on what you think. Then we're going to roll into part two. We're going to do match debate. We're going to answer some of your questions before previewing the two upcoming games. We've got two games, Matt, haven't we? We have, yeah, two um, quite big games, I'd say, as well, particularly the one on Tuesday. Yeah, it's big, two big games in the league, so we'll be previewing those in part three. Matt, let's go straight in. Let's go Rochdale. Rochdale. I think it was a good performance all around, generally. Yeah, I've, I mean, it was another sort of 2018-19 Pompey performance. Started yeah. off dominating, played really well in the first half. Unlucky probably not to go in ahead with Ronan's effort that came back off the bar. I agree, yeah. Um, and then... Second half, it sort of seemed to just drill on a bit, didn't it? With it was a bit drab, wasn't it? Let's be honest. Yeah. I was actually thinking, do we really want this game to go to a replay? And if it wasn't going to go to a replay, would you actually rather be in the cup, go for a replay? I mean, see, the thing is, I've had a a lot of thoughts on the cup, and and I've got to admit, I'm I'm at the stage where we're not going to win this competition, and I'll talk about the FA Cup third round draw later and how disappointed I am for myself regarding that. I know there's people out there that are delighted. I don't think it's a terrible draw, but I didn't want it to go to a replay. I did want to get in the third round of the hat. I think it's important. It's definitely a confidence booster for the team. But at the same time, a replay would have just been catastrophic for us. So we just did More not need fixtures. it. Just another midweek fixture, just toppling up. It's just not needed. So delighted to have grabbed that 90th minute. As me and you were sort of laughing about before the show... I mean, it was a massive deflection, wasn't it? Yeah, let's be honest. I think Andre Green coming on was the right option. Me and you have been harping on now for weeks. Kenny Jacket, utilise the bench. Rotate, rotate, yeah. rotate. I was, I was on Twitter going, now's the time, Kenny. Now's the time, bring someone on. Yeah. It didn't really matter to me too much who we brought on for. So, Sorry, who we brought him on yeah, for. Yeah. So whether it was one of the wingers came off, whether it was Lowe or Curtis or whoever it was, yeah. it didn't really matter too much. I just wanted to change it up a bit. I think taking Jamal Lowe off and adding Andre Green, who's fresh from the bench, yeah. very quick, and he managed to create a goal. He did, yeah. I think you were a little bit gutted, weren't you? Because Lee was standing over that free kick. Oh, mate. <laughs> he gave a, gave a little uh, response to your tweet at the end there, didn't he? Yeah, well? he did, yeah. He said not today, but it's coming, apparently. He's yeah, coming, keep, yeah. Keep the faith. Keep the faith. Do you reckon he'll repay you the, the odd, like, 40 quid that you're going to put on this season if he doesn't score? No, because he's going he's gonna to score. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with his confidence. I'm I happy actually, with your confidence. I actually put a little tweet out before the game saying, you know, after that free kick in the previous round, that yeah, it was yeah. so unlucky, um, watch out, because here he comes with a free kick for this round. And then when <laughs> <laughs> it's nil-nil, right? I set the scene, if we didn't see the game, it's nil-nil. Suddenly, Lee Brown's over the dead ball. Last minute. And I'm thinking, here we go, people. <laughs> Here's the time. It's like written in the stars. But he's that unselfish team player, Matt, and he squared yeah. the ball. I mean, I think Rochdale really underread the whole situation, to be honest with you. He had so much time until that player came charging out, which I think was obviously too late for him anyway. It's because you know. they committed all their players to the wall they had... because they're worried about Lee Brown. Well, I don't know. I think they were more worried about what was going on in the middle, mate, to be honest with you. No. They dropped back in the same day. No. no. Did that thing, did you see his stance? He sort yeah. of did that Ronaldo. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you like set your legs open and like right. Lee forward. Brown v Ronaldo. Yeah, okay. Cool. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> yeah. So it, it was a good. It was a. I'm gonna say it's a good finish. It was good to get the shot away. It was. I mean, one one thing I'm gonna point out is, I mean, Craig McGilvery, He got his ninth clean sheet in all competitions during that game. Yeah, definite round of applause. Another uh, Pompey News now man of the match for him as well. Yeah, but how much? Or, I mean, it's hard to put it this way, but how many points slash wins has, has really Craig McGivery given us this season? I mean, I mean last season, spot, but... if you if you look at it as 
Pittman was was winning the games for us near single handed last season. It's almost roles reserved, like single reversed handed. And, yeah, single handed. I mean, I'm sure Craig could probably do that, mate. The way he's playing it, though. Yeah, it? one hand, one yeah. hand stopping it. One hand. That stop- that that save he actually did at the end of the game was absolute quality because the camera doesn't do it justice. It actually, no. the way he gets down that quickly, and also the firmness of how he palms it out. Yeah, yeah, and the way he palmed class. it away. Yeah. One thing I was going to talk to you about. Yeah. Was it a penalty from Matt Clark? I mean, I can't see how you can say there was anything fair about it, to be honest. I'll be honest, I'm a massive ice hockey fan, as you know, and that would have been called as roughing. (laughs) And you're allowed to tackle people in that. Just because he sort of pushes him consistently in the back. Yeah, and and then he's kicking at the ball as well while it's trapped between the legs. So I just sort of feel like that, if that was Burge, he might have not got away with that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you could say it was clever. I mean, the lines, he was right in front of the linesman as well. So No, I'm just saying, actually, I'm saying on prestige. I actually think that Matt Clark's got away with it a little bit there because because referees see him play, say technical. Yeah. I feel that sometimes, especially in League One, the referee is not exactly, you know, quality, is it? Let's be honest. No, of course not. I, I mean, I just, I think any ref, normally would have probably have maybe seen something there either either a case of the ball wasn't going anywhere it was becoming dangerous and there needed to be a drop ball you know just to stop the situation from arising but Matt Clark just goes for the jugular like pushes him down and then kicks him between the legs you know in rugby you know, when someone falls in the ball and you go yeah. ref he's holding it on he's like kicking it yeah yeah it's like enough yeah but on the plus side we come away with a 1-0 and the reward is Norwich away, Mr. Bunch. Well, I just want to say, just to finish it off, um, yep. Jack Watmore. Yes. I thought he was absolute class. He was my standout player at the back. Um, he made that absolutely quality header when the ball came back into the box. Do you know box. what I was just about to he say? Like my favourite part yeah, of the game. He did yeah. this sort of diving header at pace. At and it. How... it was coming out in full yeah. pelt as well. And he well, just came it? in from nowhere. like Da-na-na. And I, lo- I love the fact that he just walked off after, like nothing had even happened. He, he also like, made yeah. a couple of really good quality, really well-timed sliding challenges. He did. When they broke. Yeah. Yeah. He looked an absolute machine. And is, well played yeah. to Jack. And also, honourable mention, Ben Thompson... He, he really pulled the strings in midfield. Yeah. He, he, has, he had that physical sort of play for a, quite a small Missed a good player. chance, didn't he, in the second half? The yeah. one that he put over the bar. But, I mean, it was almost similar... Um, oh, always forget, Maidenhead. Yeah, yeah. Maidenhead. It was almost similar to the goal if it had gone in. Yeah. Apart from the fact that this time he's got under it and it's gone over. True. But, but, I mean, what it was, though, is he pulled, those, he pulled the strings. He, he beat players. Yeah. I mean, he was consistently getting fouled. I mean, Rochdale, absolutely shameless in their fouling, weren't they? The ref uh, didn't call it. It, it, they're they're almost league two, aren't they? The way they play, the style they yeah. play, you know, and, and they do like to make it gritty, especially for players of Thompson's quality that can, you know, beat really them basically, skin them. them. Yeah, yeah. I think that's you know. maybe why you can see then that Matt Clark didn't get that penalty given as much because the ref let a lot of physical stuff go. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I mean maybe he was even an up. You just don't know really. Like but Ollie Hawkins got fouled all game, mate. If you watched it, he's literally yeah. being like perched and shoved. You think yeah, how can he yeah. actually get? You know, what can he do to get a free kick? Yeah, I think, it, you know, it was obviously a, a quite a physical cup game, you know, and, and hey, anyway, we've come out of it and we, we've got a cheeky little tie to top of the championship Norwich and you're really happy about that opportunity for you to go, isn't it? I am ecstatic because um, one of my best mates from uni who used to live with is a massive Norwich fan, shout out Sam, and we've been trying to get to go to a game together basically. Yeah. And this is perfect opportunity. So let's hope they give us some tickets. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So I can actually get one and go. Well, and so don't have to hang outside the ground. Earlier. Oh well, I want to say earlier, yesterday. And there is the potential, I think, for up to four thousand based on the percentage that they can give us based on tickets. Is it I thought it used to be ten percent, but I think they've changed it's the rules. It's dropped a little bit, yeah. I think it's like eight point something or other. No, I'm no, pretty no, sure no. That. they've got they, they've got twenty seven twenty seven so ten percent, yeah. Two thousand seven hundred. My boss says it's fifteen percent now, which it makes sense. Be, yeah. That makes actually sense to be about four thousand. Four thousand anyway. Four thousand should like be right. good. Yeah, I mean I think that's quite a good allocation to be honest with you. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm 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 delighted that it's a tough game. It's mate. a tough game. I think you know it's going to be a good test for the defence. Uh, you know we've we've had all season we've been praising the defence. So for they're going to get to test their their sort of stamina against these championship teams. Did like uh, Liam's status. Liam from Express FM. He yeah. said it, it's going to be a good test to see if we're ready for the championship. 
definitely agree with that. I think they've got championship players there. I can't see them putting out a full squad for that game. They've got quite a big game, I think, on the Tuesday after. I don't know. They might fancy themselves for a good run in the championship. They might do. Um, I can't see it. I think they're going to mix it around a little bit. So, yeah, I think it is a great opportunity for us. And I think it's going to be a really, really good test. And the one thing, if you notice Norwich's recent sort of games this season, they have just been goal fun, goal fun, yeah. goal fun, goal fun, which I think plays into Pompey's hands a little bit. I think it gives us the opportunity to soak up the pressure, which hopefully the back four can do, and then hit them on the break with our fast wingers. I mean, no, I agree. And I think that we play that kind of style that if, you, if you're going to flood at us, we do have the players that can punish you. Yeah. I think the thing is though, Liam was saying about it being a good test of a championship, our championship yeah, I mean, level. That we both said, didn't we? Yeah, we, we I think it's, I mean, I would have rather had a tie against the bottom three Premier League team. Yeah. I think yeah. it would have been easier playing the Scummers, to be honest, than it is playing against Norwich, who are basically flying. Yeah, yeah, no, mean? completely. No, I, I, uh, I mean, it, it does make it it hard when when a team are, are full of confidence, when in scoring goals, you know, it makes it more all the more difficult. But at the same time, it's a big it's a big thing for us as well. You know, we're top of League One, we're looking to go into Championship, and it'd be a big statement for us to at least come away maybe with a replay, or at least not embarrassed. Well, yeah, completely. I, I I just can't see us being embarrassed, really, mate. To be honest with you, I I think this this is one of the ties you look at and think it could actually throw something up. You know, we got it such a few seasons ago and okay, we need a replay back at Fratton, but we scored two up at their place, you know, got two back at Fratton Park. So I, I, I can see this maybe still something sort of right down the championship. They now. are now, yeah, yeah. yeah they I think they're rock bottom, aren't they? But um That would have been a better tie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean as I as I said to to uh, Liam, maybe a, a Sheffield Wednesday or a QPR or something like that would have been a good sort of realisation for championship football. Yeah, I think it's more of a fair level for it but anyway I'm chuffed with the tie Matt's not excited at all let us know what you think tweet us up at PO Forecast and yeah we'll be interested to know your thoughts we will will. let's fly into the Arsenal game yeah because we've got to mention it Uh, check a trade trophy Matt you were talking about some of the young players that and you know who's been out on loan and who's got starts in the first team so yeah tell us a bit more about that yeah so okay four Pompey Academy youngsters have made their first team debuts in this year's Trekkate Trophy, including two in last night's game. So that was Matt Casey and Freddie Reid, both played last night. Haji Magoa has played, I think, two Trekkate games. Uh, yeah, he has, yeah. yeah. And Brad Lethbridge played in the Tottenham Under 23 game. So they've all made the squad, uh, or even made the, the field, but Dan Smith and Leon Maloney both made the bench last night. Yeah. Don't think either of them came on. Um, which means, basically, that all the lads that have gone out to Bogner Regis, our friends down at Bogner, yeah. have all come back and made appearances for Pompey in the Tetro Trophy this season. Which just shows the importance of sending players out to get proper game time on loan. Yes, 100%. We were both saying this, weren't we? Yeah. Ago. Yeah, and I think that... When you look at the sort of players, when they go out and, and the kind of opportunities they're given afterwards, you think that it's just it just shows that we should be sending these players out on loan. It's it's rewarding, isn't it? I mean, if if none of you heard episode nine where we went to Bognor, um, Robbie Blake sort of highlights in his interview how pivotal it is to get these lads out playing what they like to call men's football. They refer to it as men's football. Academy football's great, you know, and, and you can be doing well in the academy and, and sometimes get a shot. But I think when you're out on loan, getting these, you know, full 90-minute games in front of a crowd, you know, with teams in the lower leagues that are yeah. going to kick you about and not give you that chance to play your, your nice ticket-tack of football that you're learning back in the academy. I think for them, it, it, it's showing how influential that can be to, to those individuals and it's shown as well because if you watch the, the Checker Trade Trophy game or at least the highlights you can actually see that we came up against Arsenal yes. Arsenal yesterday yeah. the Arsenal Academy you know it's supposed to be one of the, the shining lights of academy football in this country yep. they weren't that good they weren't they weren't we no. hit the post you know if we're going to go um, Adam May what can he do to buy a goal he hit, he hit the bar he hit the post we hit the post again didn't we um, yes, I think so. It was absolutely, you know, it was pretty one-way traffic apart from a little defensive lapse, lapse to be honest. Well, and I mean, it was a bit of a wonder strike from, from their lad, to be honest with you. <coughs> I mean, he, he did that brilliantly, as far yeah. as I'm concerned. So it's one no one closed him down, really, though, again. No, they didn't get out quick enough to him. But he's hit it well, it's gone in. I think it's one of those ones that you go, 
really, if you if you look at, at the game, we were dominant for the for near enough yeah. the whole ninety minutes. And that says a lot for the boys. But that it just really shows, does. though, that if you're thinking about, you know, our young players going out on loan and then making that squad, and then, you know, that team's actually coming out matching and being a lot better than Arsenal, yeah. who are supposed to be one of the best academies in the well, country. I mean, this is this is a point, isn't it? I mean, Lauren Costiani, who's who? had, <laughs> had 36 French international caps, plays for Arsenal regularly, or did play for Arsenal regularly, especially under Wenger. I mean, he was starting the game. You know, and these lads are, are finally getting the opportunity to to play against someone who's you know stepped into the French international team with the likes of Griezmann and things like that. So, mm-hmm. what an experience for them! And I, and I really don't think they would get that if they were just playing academy football. No, and it, and it's a big big shout out to to the work that Robbie Blake's done with them down at Bogner and, and Bogner really a big shout out to them for giving the opportunity as well. Yeah, and hopefully we can go down there and have a chat with them soon. Hopefully soon, yeah, hopefully. All right, so. Have we rounded up? I think we've done enough on that Arsenal game. Yeah, no yeah. I mean, if you didn't see it, just a quick one. There was, there was a 2-1 win. Goals from Brett Pittman and Andre Green. And I just want to give a little shout out to Louis Dennis for creating the Andre Green goal because Green seems to have got the headlines and I noticed in the sports mail and stuff, but it's an absolutely beautiful turn yeah. from Louis Dennis from a throw-in where he just rolls a defender and he, you know, he brings it into the box, has a little ball played back to him on a 1-2. Um, he squares the ball um, straight across the goal and it's a little simple... Busy, it's a simple tap-in for, for Andre Green. Um, so I, I know Louis Green's Dennis. getting... I think he's such a busy player. He, he's constantly on the ball. He's always looking for his next move before he's even made it. Yeah, and I know. I know, I know Green's getting the the plaudits, we say, but I think that Dennis actually got got made that goal for us to to Definitely. get the win. Yeah. So if we're looking for another player possibly to make an impact in the first team, there is definitely a case for for Louis Dennis there over Andre Green. Yeah, yeah, couldn't agree more with you. Yeah, definitely. Right, that's the end of part one. So we'll play some sort of jazzy little sound, and we'll be back again for part, part two. two. Welcome back to part two of the PO forecast and in a minute we're going to be doing your listener questions so really appreciate you guys sending those in thanks guys but before that Matt do you know what time it is I don't know what time it is it's time for Matt's debate that's right poppy fans it's time for Matt's debate and today we'll be asking could the potential recall of Ben Thompson dent Pompey's promotion chances well it's a good question and it's a question that Matt, surprisingly, put a poll out on Twitter and got some responses from. I did. I did. How In many, fact, how many people? <laughs> 233. He's been so bloody proud about that. I He's have. been harping on about it. So thank you, everyone, he for, just, for doing that for He just me. messaged me on Twitter, uh, on um, Facebook Messenger, just saying, 233. Nothing else. Proud, mate. Just sent me the number. Proud. I'm, I'm proud that all our listeners are getting involved, and, and especially in my part of the show. All right, nice one, guys. Cheers for that. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, the poll hasn't really helped resolve the question because it's pretty inclusive. So, out of you lovely 233 people that voted, 37% of you think that it's going to cost us our chances at promotion this season. 22% of people think it won't at all and that the team is is strong enough, we've got enough squad right. depth. And 31% think it depends on the potential replacement. So, just to summarise, really, it's a right mixed bag, isn't it? It is. If you think about looking at those stats, yeah, about half of the people think it depends on roughly half anyway, on yeah. who we bring in and who we don't bring in. And I think we'll come into that in a minute. But we will. <laughs> I think that Ben Thompson's been an integral part of this team, especially in our success at the moment. And yeah. not just, you know, on that run where we're sort of drawing and struggling to score a bit more and stuff. And I think at the time I was saying, throw Ben Thompson back in. You were, yeah. Matt was a bit more sceptical, just put that out there. I was, yeah, 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 yeah. hands up on yeah. that one. But the thing is, we need someone as the engine of the side. Now, I do trust Kenny Jacket to go out there, if needs be, and get a player who can potentially, all right, step in and do that job. But I don't think there's that many players out there that could do that. No, no. Now, Matt. I mean, I'm interested for you to tell people what we were discussing in the break about... You, we, we both had a look, didn't we, at yeah. the, the players that Millwall have currently got out on loan at the moment. Because we thought it was important to see if there was 
a, a more outstanding player than Ben Thompson that's that they it. could recall. Because their, their manager actually came out and said, look, we've got four players out on loan. Um, they've got Millwall actually only have 14 healthy outfield players at the moment, people who don't know this. And he said, you know, we could look to bring back or utilise some of those guys into the squad if we think they're going to be playing. So let's have a look at the four players, Matt, that people, that Millwall even have out on loan and whether they would fit back into the team. Yes. Yeah, so the first one is at Wickham and it's Freddie Adipo, I think his name is. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, is it? Oh no, sorry, Fred Onyendima uh, is his name. He is currently out on loan at Wickham. Okay, he's a right winger, and he has made eighteen appearances season and has scored three goals for them. So that's not a bad return. And Wickham are actually looking quite good this season after a slow start. Yeah, yeah, they've picked up. They've pushed themselves into the <coughs> top half of the table now. But who do Millwall have playing right wing for them, Matt? Jed Wallace. They do. The, the the man himself. Super Jed Wallace. Super Jed Wallace. So when you think, is he going to play? Maybe. But at the same time, I think that maybe that isn't the position that they need someone to cover. That's it. And then the other two that are out on loan are one centre-back, which is Sid Nelson. He's down at Swindon Town in League Sid 2. Sid Nelson. Um, and the other ones are both goalkeepers who are 22 and 23 respectively. Doesn't Sid Nelson have six yellow cards? He does already. have six yellow cards this season, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Sidney Raymond Kenneth Nelson, so straight out of Bermondsey. <laughs> Google that guy, right? Because he looks like he's pure Bermondsey born and bred. He does. Doesn't he? He does look like a proper Bermondsey lad. Yeah, he's yeah. even got the same haircut as Ben Thompson. <laughs> They probably go to the same fathers. <laughs> they probably do, yeah. But anyway, so, it, I mean, he's a centre-back, so really, I don't think that's going to solve the issues they're having. They seem to have a lot of striker issues at the moment. They can't score, can they? Is they can't right? score, that's it. And and when they are scoring, they're not holding on to, to much either at the moment, which is obviously the reason that Neil Harris has been speaking about the potential recall. Now, to me... I put it out. Wait a sec. Who's the other player, Matt? We've done a centre back. So, We've done the right winger. Simon Simon Cook is one of the goalkeepers. He's twenty three. Yeah. Okay. Um, and he's not actually played a game this season. Right. So we can write him off. Yeah. We can write him off. 100%. I can't see them thinking. Right. We need an impact player. Let's bring back Simon Cook. Oh no! Sorry. Even Tom King. Even. And he's at AFC Wimbledon. Right, I've never heard of him. Yeah, so there's nothing. And then obviously Ben Thompson is the the other lad out on loan. No so I think it's quite clear to see that Ben probably, if they are going to call someone back, unless there's some sort of like miracle regime over there, uh, getting all their players fit basically, Thompson's the most likely player to go back out the four, yeah? Definitely, definitely. But I mean, you, you were saying after we looked at that, if if Kenny could go back to, to clubs he's previously been at, what potential replacement could there be? And you had an interesting one um, that some of you might have seen if you went to the Czech Trade Trophy game against Spurs, which was, of course, George Marsh. George Marsh. So he's a combat midfielder. Um, he's he's captain in under-23s at Tottenham and the under-18s. He did get a first-team appearance for Spurs in the International Champions Cup at the start of the season in the he States. He did, and he made the bench as well for another one of their cup ties, I think. He did, yes, so, that's correct. Uh, also, I've been talking to um, to Lennon, who um, I think we've sort of mentioned before. He yeah. he basically covers Spurs' um, academy teams. Yeah, and he he pointed him out as a player that you know should be going on loan and would be a good player. Um, he's he's physically quite decent, and also little fun fact for Pompey fans here: he's actually most famous for playing in a reserve game uh, in which Adam Lallana strangled him. And got sent off. <laughs> Scummer Lallana just went for him after a little cheeky <laughs> challenge. He just sort of went a little bit physical, got in, stuck in there. Not even against Adam Lallana, against against one of his teammates. Lallana just breaks out madly and starts strangling him. So, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so he's got a bit of passion in him <laughs> bit as well. Of bite. So he's a potential option. Um, other options. Let's go back to the transfer rumours of the summer, Matt. Yeah, so, I mean, me and Hugh have had our own little discussion about this, but I think... You know, there was a lot of talk about Sean Longstaff in the summer. The lad from Newcastle, he was on loan at Blackpool season before that. Yeah. I think he banged in eight that season as well. Um, Hugh said he's a number 10, but there's no reason for him to, to not be called up. He would be a useful addition. He's only made the one appearance for Newcastle in the League Cup this season. Yeah. Other than that, he's played all under 23 games. So... Four assists, one goal. Four assists. Uh, yeah, four assists, one goal. That's yeah. it, yeah. Um, and one yellow card. It, not that it matters. But 
I mean, I was having a look at his goal reel from his time at Blackpool. And yeah, there's a couple of goals where he sat off the front two. And there's a couple that he's come from deep as well, uh, more, more central in the midfield. So my argument is I think he's the type of player that could almost be like a, a Ruben Loftus-Cheek at Chelsea. He's quite tall. He's quite physical. He's got a great shot on him. I think with a little bit of Kenny magic, you could probably stick him into that centre midfield role and probably get quite a bit out of him. I get that he doesn't give you that security that Thompson gives you. Maybe he hasn't got such a, a great work ethic chasing back. But I think he he's probably one of those players that you could adapt into a, into a particular role and I think he'd be okay at his age. I think that it's... it's Right, I think he'll get your goals, I think he'll get your assists, okay? But I don't know if he's a bit of a luxury to play in the centre midfield role if you're playing an attacking midfielder as well behind the striker. Mm-hmm. I think if you're playing someone like Gareth Evans in the attacking midfield role and you're expecting both of them to arrive in the box and create opportunities, it leaves a lot of space. And Tom Manela might be Superman, but at the same <laughs> time, he can't be everywhere. And I think that a lot of games are quite tight in League One and we've played a system which allows us to, to hold on to leads as well I don't know if Kenny Jacket will be keen in playing a player who from what I've heard is a little bit lazy on tracking back now if you want to get another player into our squad and think right you know we could do with another number 10 who is obviously League One ready he scored in League One he looks good on the ball he can score from distance and he might be a great player to have in the team for those reasons I agree let's get him let's sign him up you know, Newcastle only kept hold of him because they thought he could make their team in the Premier League yeah, this he season. He had such a great pre-season, didn't yeah. he? So, you but know. he hasn't. He hasn't done that. And and the fact is that that's not a, that's not a um, a diss on him really at all and his ability. No, because, no, not at all. No, yeah, no. because it, it's a Premier League. But he obviously be a useful player. Is he a direct replacement for Ben Thompson? Not really. No, okay. not in my opinion. Right. So anyway, we did get some lovely responses to the poll. Um, the first one is from a regular of ours, so Luke at Luke Ellis. Uh, if you want to give him a follow, always has fantastic thoughts. And yeah, cheers, Luke. Appreciate. Thanks it. for your input, buddy. You, you know you really do help us out every week. And Luke said that he thinks it definitely will uh, impact us. Uh, the guys outside the team, the only player who keeps playing and making an impact is Green. Um, and nope, that's the wrong comment. Even where how have I put that one in? Yeah. <laughs> Love that. But yeah, he Luke said that he he thinks it would impact. Of course, it would impact us. Yeah. Um, and that was sort of followed up by uh, Sam. So at Sammy Lanka, and he said it would obviously dent our chances. Losing any key member of any squad would. That said, there's no reason why it should derail our chances. There's plenty of good players at the club. So let's have a think about that, right, Matt? Yeah. Yeah. He's got a good point, really, because I don't know if Kenny's going to think, look, we've got a pretty decent squad here and there's a lot of good players who aren't getting games. Yeah. So we lose Ben Thompson, but is he just going to think, hey, look, we can just we can bring back Adam May, we can put, um, we can put uh, Ben Close into the team, uh, have May deputising him back from Aldershot after, you know, scoring goals there, coming back more confident and... You know, we've got backup players as well behind him as well who can who can cover that. Do you think Kenny Jackett goes, it was great having Ben Thompson. Hopefully we can sign him next season, especially if Millwall go down. Yeah. But we can fill the gap from within. Do you think that's the case for that? Yeah, I think it is. I mean, it, that's kind of mirrored a little bit by another one of our regular listeners, Greg, at Walks This Way. Yeah. Um, so I will read Greg's response to that. But this sort of adds to what you were just saying. Um, Greg has said that he wants to add Ben Close has made a remarkable change in his play under Jacket. He pushes forwards more, can score, and developing a sense of maturity beyond his years. Great minds, Greg, think alike. Exactly. I am... <laughs> and, and do you know what? I'm, I mean, you can run back through the episodes and listen. I'm a big fan of Ben Close. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people say that he's lacking the physicality, and I, I do agree in, in a way. I think he does lack physicality, and especially having regular first-team football over the past three seasons, I thought it was something that he might have grown into a little bit. Is that important, or is the fact that he's one of those players that can almost receive the ball and know where the pass is before even having to look up? Yeah, yeah. Which he's considerably worked on over the last two years, in my eyes. He looks his positioning is 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 really good at the moment. But I would also say I think his physicality is actually 
uh, improved. I think he looks stronger on the ball. I think he, yeah. you know, he's sort of he hassles players, doesn't he? He has the ball quite well. He really gets yeah. on them. He gets tight to them. Yeah, I mean, I'd say he's a, a typical little sort of British terrier in the midfield in a way. You know, he he, <laughs> he gets at your feet. He's nipping at the ball all the time. I think he's better going forward with the he ball. He's a lot better going forward with the ball. I think he's a lot better once he's got the ball at his feet. He's got a bit of time. As I said, he doesn't often really need to look up to know where the pass is. He, no. He's got a, a very good movement on the ball as well. So. Yes, Greg, great minds do think alike. I'm a big fan of Ben Close and I don't see any reason how overly it could impact us. And I think Ben Close playing regular football alongside a player such as Tom Naylor is only going to benefit him long term as well. Why why the opportunities there? Um, Greg did also state on the on the actual poll itself as well that in his opinion, the team is playing fantastically. However, I think we have a replacement cover for virtually every position, plus players like Anton Walks, Dion Donoghue, Gareth Evans and Nathan Thompson who can play in two positions or more. I say that if it happens, Jacket will already have someone in mind. I think so. Kenny's an organised guy. He's got good connections. You know, We, we mentioned a couple of players we think he could be interested in, but I think he's going to know isn't he already in advance? They'll be making these plans in case yes. in case you know Ben does get recalled, which looks pretty likely at the moment. But then again, it's Millwall, so who knows? Who knows? I mean, it, it it's full of surprises. And and if any of you have listened to this and you've got some more thoughts that you would like to add to that, that's great. Yeah, particularly if you guys know a player who you think Kenny might look to sign. Yeah, let us know. Tweet us up. Um, and just a quick one at the end now. Luke has, has popped in three brilliant listener questions in my eyes and he's actually done his own little poll, which I will follow up. But I'm going to be honest, I've stolen one of your comments here, Luke, for my side of the debate. Right. Um, and this, I just thought, was relevant to both of us. Um, so, a, at AJP underscore McGrill, um, I think that's how it's pronounced, sorry if it's wrong, um, he stated, I think Thompson's quality has been a key factor in getting us where we are. A huge loss if we lose him, but in my opinion, Danny Rose has got to come in. Has a similar passing ability and was the main reason last season we had a period in the playoffs. Now, if only you could watch a video of us, because Hugh's face kind of says a lot on his thoughts on this opinion. Think mine as well. I've seen Danny play in the Checker Trade Trophy this season, and he looks a million miles off the pace that we're playing at at the moment. That's not digging at Danny Rose at all. No. Obviously, he's shown over the last couple of years the quality that he does have. I personally, as an individual, think that injury has impacted him yeah. beyond... I, he needs to go out on loan to a League 2 team and get regular definitely. football and keep playing and really get back to match fitness. Because at the moment, he doesn't look sharp and he doesn't look the same. He's such an athletic player. He is, yeah. Um, and it's a shame, really, at the moment. that I don't think he's... He doesn't look like his old self. And he doesn't, I, no. I don't think he'd keep up with the pace at the moment. He's, if you think of the comparison, if you see him play, and if anyone watched the game or even you, know, you watch any highlights of the, of the games he's played in, he he just he's he looks out of place. He does. He he doesn't look as committed to the tackle as well, which doesn't surprise me considering the injuries had. Yeah, whether he's trying to look after that a little bit more. But he certainly doesn't go into the challenge like he did the uh, the season we went up out of League Two and the start of last season, you know, by yeah. any means at all. So I can understand why people who are fans of Danny Rose would have, you know, that opinion and, and maybe a, a few decent runs or some time away playing. He's got the ability, that's the thing, we all know he has. Yeah, it? yeah. But what he what ha- what he needs to go and play regular football and get back up to match fitness. And then he can come back and then we can talk about whether he can be introduced into the side to, to cover for Ben Thompson. That's it. That's it. So interesting. And as she said, if any of you do have any thoughts or have heard any any sort of news on who Kenny might be thinking about bringing in if Ben does go back, tweet us up and let us know. At PO Forecast. So, listener questions. So as I said, Luke has been an absolute diamond and has given us three little sort of questions to go over quickly and we have got to squeeze it in because obviously we've only got a certain amount of time so quickly on the first one Hugh three goals from three games for Andre Green Uh, in Luke's opinion he's looking fitter and sharper every time he plays for Pompey do you think he's done enough to earn a start over Jamal Lowe or Ronan Curtis no 
At the moment, I don't. I think that he has made a definite... He's given Kenny food for thought. I think that he has looked good in the fact he scored. But if we go back and look at the goals he scored, okay? The goals recently, the goal against Arsenal, tap in, created from... Um, Louis Dennis. Louis Dennis, who, who for me is more standout in that play. The goal against Rochdale, deflection, yeah. goes in, you know, it, it's all right. Tottenham goal, was yeah, we'll all give right. him that. Yeah. Give, that's a good goal. The fact is, though, is that Andre Green, for me, has looked all right in flashes. Jamal Lowe's one of our top scorers. And I actually thought, to be honest, against Rochdale, he would look pretty good. He looked pretty dangerous in the first half, especially before he had that sort of, I don't know, we'll say when he fell over. But <laughs> the fact is, yeah, is that for me, Andre Green, I want to see him do it in the league. Let's have him on the bench. Let's bring him on. Okay. If Jamal or Ronan or whoever doesn't look good, let's bring him on and let's see him do it in the league first because I'm still not 100% convinced that he deserves to start over two of our wingers that have such chemistry together. Yeah. And yeah, sometimes they won't be firing on all, all cylinders, but I'm not convinced that he is going to be either. No. And, and that's my opinion. I, I think I'm not far off the same, really, in all honesty. I think. Yes, Jamal has slowed up a little bit recently in games. Um, obviously, players have been watching him, doing their homework on him, keeping him in check a little bit. Mm -hmm. But this is why every week me and Hugh are screaming out for rotation, rotation, rotation. Because when Jamal is, is getting a little bit shut out of games, bring Andre on and, and give him that yeah. opportunity. He's showing that he can dance around players. He's showing he can cross the ball. He's showing that he can shoot. He can get in around goal and tap balls in. So I don't I don't see any reason, but I just don't think he he's earned the right in the fixtures that he's played in so far to to be given the nod ahead of Jamal. I think he's been given the opportunity though to make a case to be the first person to be on the pitch for as a sub. Exactly, hundred percent. So that's our, our thing on that. Another really really quick one. We've kind of covered it. Any fringe players we think could replace Thompson if he goes. So obviously there's Louis Dennis. I don't think Louis Dennis is going to pop into Ben Thompson's role. Um, Adam May last night fantastic performance coming back from all the shot into yeah, the Czech Trade Trophy up, yeah, as you said what's he got to do to buy a goal I mean he has scored a few at all the shots since he's been out on loan as well so he's obviously you know adding to that part of the game I think he'll come back into the team to play part as a squad player and rotate if Ben Thompson is to go with okay. Ben Close as first choice yeah and just quickly close it off with the last one <laughs> how crucial is keeping Matt Clark after January. I mean, it's absolutely crucial keeping Matt Clark around. You look at the defensive got people are actually worried about trying to beat him. Him and Jack Watmore have such chemistry. I don't see him going. He wants to get promoted with us to the championship and play with us. He said this even in the media because of all the fact of people putting this pressure on him. He's got a contract here. We don't need to sell him. Nope. If we are going to sell him, we'll sell him in the summer for big money. If we don't go up. And only if we don't go up. Yeah. And, and I've said that from the start. If we don't go up, he's gone. If we go up, then he's going to be all over the championship next season with us. It's what he's wanted for ages and there would be no reason for him to leave the club that have basically sort of given him the chance that he's had so far. So Yeah, I mean, he's happy here. That's the thing. And he's a senior happy. player here. You know, well, I mean, this is, this is what... You know, um, Joe Dandy was saying when we interviewed him down at Bognar, yeah. he already looks up to Matt Clark. Matt Clark's 22 and he's already looking up to him. So that says mm. how much he's come along as, as, as a player himself. So you can't really be losing players like that out of the team. I think a lot of people say, well, money speaks. Money does speak, but not when it comes down to halfway through a season where you're top of the league. It doesn't for me. I, no. I think the club would allow it. We don't it need the money that badly. In the past, yeah, yeah we yeah. would have been gone. Yeah. 50 quid. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, that kind of rolls up part two for us. Yeah, so we're going to play some little sort of jingle again and then we're going to go straight into part three where we're going to be previewing the next two games. Excellent football. What's that all about? League One football. It's back. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Welcome back to part three of the PO forecast. And... Matt, we've got two games coming up after the really inconvenient changing because Charlton apparently have a load of internationals playing for them. <laughs> yeah. But before we get into Charlton, let's go on to Saturday's game against Southend, back at Fratton Park. Yeah, so Chris Powell brings his 14th place to Southend United to Fratton Park. Media, media. 
Mediocre. Mediocre. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah, yeah. So, basically, this is a game that could really kind of be one or the other based on Southend stats. So, they've only drawn twice all season. They don't really particularly like to draw, obviously. So, it's either going out for the win or taking a bit of a pounding. So, they've won eight, drawn ten. Um, and they've had four away wins out of their eight wins this season. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they're, they're not short of getting a result away from home. Um, although Hugh has got some brilliant stats coming up in a minute for you. They haven't been in any of the top six yet this season. Um, but they do have a bit of a loaded attack. Now, their top goal scorer is Simon Cox, who just feels like he's been going for donkeys. He has, years. isn't he? He's... He just keeps going and going and going. And he's got eight this season. And Tom Hopper has got seven mm-hmm. for them. He's good as well. Um, and then it isn't quite like Pompey where it's spread quite consistently in the eights and sevens. They then drop down to their next scorer, Harry Bunn, with three. So, you know, it doesn't light it up. But the interesting fact, really, of this game is that Pompey have only won once in the last seven fixtures against Southend, and that was the 1-0 win at home last season. Brett Pittman header. Um, so, you know, they are a little bit of a bogey team for us, but Hugh has been out and done some absolutely fantastic stat work. Well, I'll be honest, I've not at all. So, a good shout-out to Ben from uh, Experimental361. Hit him up on Twitter, at Experimental361, for any of your stat knowledge. But we're breaking down how Pompey do if we think about throughout the game, sorry, where you'd be basically in the league if um, if a game ended at a certain point, at a certain time. So Pompey, as we know, are absolutely fantastic going into the second half. Yes. So we tend to be able to hold on to a lead. So it, it looks like on the stats here that after 46 minutes... We are going to be, we are top of the league basically, completely top of the league. No one knocks us off. So, a little bit slow to get started. As soon as we score around that, well, around the 31 minute mark, we are consistent to the end there. Okay? And I'm sure just to help everyone get the image of this here, you can probably pop it on the PO forecast page. Yeah, yeah, for the I'll tweet Portsmouth it out. Charlton and South End games. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'll tweet those out, definitely. And then looking at South End and how they play, okay, they are also. Well, they're very slow starts, so they start on the mid-table as usual. By 31 minutes, if the game ended on 31 minutes, okay, they'll be bottom of the league. Yeah. All right? And then they slowly, slowly get going, and it inclines up to they're in sort of almost a playoff place by the end of the game, by 70, 80 minutes, before dropping back down right on the last minute, so conceding a few goals there at the end, okay? So what we'll expect to do is Southend to start slowly, Okay, and then by half time, start to build a bit of momentum and try and get a push against us. That works in our favour massively. Teams who have tried to come at us in the second half, not got a goal early and then push to get a win, don't tend to get anything against us. As the stats show, I'd be quite confident going into this game against Southend. Yeah, based on what we can see in front of us, and, and obviously Hugh will pop it on later so you can all see, it is a really, really good little graph. Um, I mean, we, me and Hugh were both discussing sort of beforehand Really, I think if we can get an early goal against Southend, hit them hard, you know, the the stats really at the moment speak for themselves in the fact that, as Hugh said, from 31 to 45 minutes, Pompey are basically top of the league and haven't shifted all season. Yeah. So for them to try and come out and break us down when it looks like from, from their league season so far, they're not really ones that are going to try and hold out for a nil-nil draw. So... No. You know, it, it works in favour. It looks like we could also finish them off at the end of the game as well. They tend to drop back down to sort of mid-table places by the end of the 90 minutes. So really, as things stand on paper, on the league table, on stats, it looks like it should be a home win. So prediction time for me, I'm going to go for a nice 2-0 win. And I'm going with Oli to open the scoring. And then it's going to be closed off by Mr Naylor. Nice. Do we have an injury update on Naylor? Well, I haven't overly seen anything. I haven't heard I think, anything. I think I heard that it wasn't too bad, but I, I, I don't know. So if, if he is out and I'm wrong, then you know, let me know that I'm an idiot. Maybe I could put a poll out on that one as well. <laughs> Love, loving a good poll at the moment. Yeah, yeah. It's my trend, mate. Yeah. All right, then. So you're going to go 2 now. I'm going to go 2 nil. yeah. Yeah. Okay, nice one. I'm going to go with a 3 nil home win. 
I think Woodson. We, yeah, I think we're going to uh, open the game up, get two goals before half time. Uh, Southend might rally back a little bit as per the stats, but they'll push forward, allowing us to get a nice goal to finish it off. Ronan Curtis to get the first goal. He has looked like he's due a goal, yeah. you know, especially with hitting the bar uh, recently. He looks like a player who's going to come back to Fratton Parking and get a goal there. Yeah. Ollie Hawkins is going to um, get a goal as well. That man is completely on fire. Yeah. He is, I mean, people say about people a Pittman being clinical. Well, at the moment, Ollie Hawkins is a clinical striker for us. He just, well, he's just in the right place at the right time. That man is scoring us goals. And then obviously rounded off with a nice little cheeky volley from Lee Brown to make it 3 0. <laughs> um, Lee. Is he going to do it against Southend or Charlton? Which one, which one would you prefer? <laughs> I mean, I think that the Charlton game will come into that in a minute. We'll just stick to this game. Yeah, I'll yeah, tell you sorry, what. Lee Brown. Yeah, Lee Brown, Southend. He's going to get his goal. And uh, Lee, if you do listen, tweet me up. I want to know what you think about it. Maybe talk me through the goal. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We'd love to, to hear uh, your your individual classic volley that you're going to get against Southend to, to finish the game off. It's coming, Lee. <laughs> yeah. Right, so after the weekend, after Pompey's 2 or 3 nil win against Southend, we remain at home for the rescheduled fixture against Charlton. So in my eyes, this is where the, the fixture list starts to get a bit busy. Yeah. Really, really pivotal and important. And Charlton are another team that we don't have the greatest record against. And based on the little stats I've got here for you, um, it, we're going to have to be a little bit more screwed on than we have been um, for previous games so far this season. So, Lyle Taylor, who we all know previously of AFC Wimbledon, uh, has gone to Charlton this season. He's already bagged himself 12 goals. Clinical. Um, and the returning Carl Ahern Grant, who went out on loan at Crawley last season, mm-hmm. he went there in January. You've seen him, haven't you? I have seen him play. And he is a quick, quick player. And he loves to finish goals. Strong? I wouldn't say he's very strong. He's actually, um, he's quite lightweight. Um, and he's he's not really big or physical in any way at all, but he knows how to get in between defences. Does he have to play out front as part of a two, would you say? He's not a leader line kind of striker? I mean, at or? the start of the season, he was actually up on his own for Charlton at the start of the season. And yeah. it, that's where he scored his majority of the goals was actually at the start okay. of the season. So, would you be interested in Pompey putting in a bid for him in January? Do you know what? If you look at his goal ratio from January up until now... He's the sort of player that you you could say, you know, would probably bag you quite a few goals this season. And he's, he's, got that, he's got in. that pace that maybe we're looking for. Well, it's the, it's the type of player that Kenny Jackett repeatedly said he's been looking for. And I think you'll all see that on Tuesday if he if he does play. I don't know. I've not seen anything regarding his fitness. So, yeah, I mean, he, he's he's going to be a big danger man for us and, and both the strike force will. So we need to keep an eye on that. After that, they... Goal scorers kind of dry up, and it is Joe Aribo who's got four. Um, Currently, Charlton sit sixth in League One. They're 10 points behind Pompey on 34 points. They've won 10 games this season, drawn four, and lost five. So, they're they're and thereabouts. They've been a little bit hit and miss this season. They've gone out of the cup on the weekend, 2 0 to Doncaster. Yeah. Um, So, it's going to be a really interesting one. Hugh, you've got some yeah, interesting stats again. Unlike Southend, Charlton start off and after when, when you get to sort of like 10 minutes, they are consistently uh, a top six team throughout the game. So they're not an easy team to... They're not an easy team where you think, hey, if we do this, gamesmanship. Charlton are pretty steady. In, they have got a habit of conceding a goal in the last 5-10 minutes yeah. but and they start off poorly as well don't they they're a little bit slow they take 10-15 minutes to get going but Pompey don't really tend to start quick either no. so I don't really see that as a massive advantage but I think Cholton will be a steady test they're good. Op- they're good op- opposition and I think this will be a tough one and I mean if you look at the two graphs once they, they go up on the Twitter page both Cholton and Pompey's look Pretty similar. Yeah, they are pretty similar. So, I mean, Pompey are a bit more consistent towards the end, but other than that, there's not really a great deal in it. So, this is definitely a, a bit of a humdinger at home. Obviously, we're going to need the 12th man. Get the yeah. park rocking. On a Tuesday night, under the lights, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a cracker, isn't it? It really yeah. is going to be a cracker. And, you know, then we've got 
two really difficult games after that. We move on to Barnsley away and Sunderland at home. So I really think we need to, to start on the right foot and, and sort of win at, Charlton, or win at home to Charlton to, to get us on the way. So, Matt, Charlton, prediction. This is a toughie. It's a real toughie. I'm going to go a little bit out of the ordinary and go 2-1 on this one. I think <clears throat> Charlton have obviously got the, the firepower up front um, to, to maybe nick a goal from us. I think big idea Hawkins is going to probably cause them some problems um, and hopefully he'll open up the scoring for us. And then Gareth Evans is going to finish the game off for us, I think. Nice one. So, yeah, 2-1 for me. And who do you think will grab the Charlton goal since you know about their strike force? I think Lyle Taylor. Yeah? Yeah. He, he's a dangerous player. He scored against Pompey before as well. Oh, uh, it's a classic then. It is. So, I think when we played AFC Wimbledon once, he, he got on the sheet for them. So, yeah. Um, keep an eye out for, for Lyle Taylor and keep an eye out for Carla and Grant. They're the, the two biggest scorers. Nice one. I'm going to go 3-2. I think it's going to be an action-packed, top-of-the-table sort of, like, fixture. They've got two very dangerous strikers. I think that it's one of those games in which, defensively, we haven't really conceded that many goals. But I've got a feeling that Charlton might be able to break us down with their pace. We'll, we'll see. So, three goals. And I think that we're actually going to get to the stage where they're going to take a 2-1 lead and we're going to rally to win the game 3-2. I'm going to go with Ollie Hawkins to get the goal back for us. Mm-hmm. I think that after that, I'm still I'm going to go with you as well. I think Gareth Evans again. I think especially at Fratton Park, I, I fancy him now to to get a goal. Yep. And then another goal, which I think is going to come from Ronan Curtis again to okay. continue his goal scoring streak. Okay. Well, I mean, that would be great for the neutral. I'm personally not hoping there's going to be a three-two. Don't, don't think my heart can take much more of uh, Pompey making us hang out for results like that. But as we've always said, three points, three points at home. Yeah, and it will be rocking. It will be rocking, and uh, just for everybody, it is Wednesday night, and the scum are joint bottom of the table yeah. after losing three-one to Spurs tonight. Only they're rock bottom, um, basically only on goal difference keeping them up. So. Bottom hey. three are all on nine points, so and nine it could have been points. worse because uh, Fulham were one 0 up against Leicester as well for quite a long period of the game. Yeah, so cheers again for from Ben from Experimental Three Six One. Give him a shout out at Experimental Three Six One. I'll put those graphs up for you guys to see. Um, I'll retweet his stuff. So you can massive check that out. quick shout out and thank you to all the listeners that have sent in their thoughts and little tweets and voted on my poll again this week for me <laughs> here we go yeah cheers guys keep sending those in we can't really do the show without you guys contributing so really appreciate it anyway that's it for the episode for today so give us a follow if you don't already but you probably do since you're listening to the podcast but yeah like us on different whatever you're listening to subscribe if you listen to apple Podcasts. that's how i listen to my podcast for instance we're on spotify if you didn't know that go on there give us a follow Um, We're also on Stitcher, so if you want to listen to us that way, hit that as well. But anyway, until next time, play up Pompey. Play up Pompey. To let me know Should I stay or should I go?